Hello and welcome to On Topic Retro, episode number five. I'm John Cummins, and today I'll be talking about Alleyway, a hidden gem of the Game Boy era. Maybe not a hidden gem, but definitely one that I don't hear a whole lot of discussion about. It's it's a pretty simple game, but it's a good one. So yeah, I wanted to to cover this on a microsode because I knew that it would not be a large enough game to cover on a full episode of On Topic Retro, and I might have a little bit of trouble finding uh, some other people that enjoy Alleyway as much as I do. Um, how microsodes work is they're usually... Uh, a smaller game that doesn't get a full episode. So so far they've been Game Boy games. Um, with the plans to expand that out to Game Gear and Neo Geo Pocket Color and uh, possibly PSP, although those games are usually quite a bit larger, but generally handheld games. Uh, as soon as I get my analog pocket so that I can use my Game Gear adapter, I plan on doing most of my Game Gear games because I have a smaller collection of those and they're all games that I'm very excited to, to play and talk about. So hopefully here soon. Uh, still just waiting on that to come in. Like It's been like a year now. <laughs> but anyway, back to Alleyway. Um, so yeah, this game is a game that I had as a kid and it's one of the few Game Boy games I had early on. I had that, Tetris, and Mario Land, which are like majority of the launch titles for the the Game Boy so I was pretty covered early on um, but I, I enjoyed the game Breakout uh, played either Breakout or, or other Breakout type clones on the Atari 2600 so I had some experience with this style of game but there was just something about playing it on, on a handheld like on trips and you know out and about at school or whatever so it, it, it was definitely a standout game for me. Uh, I don't know that I ever actually made it all th through all the levels as a kid. I definitely did when I played it later. I, and I did pick this up for the 3DS as well when they offered it on the virtual console. So that was a very similar experience with a few different added features that we will talk about later. Uh, but yeah, so that's my experience with Alleyway. It's, it's definitely a game that doesn't really receive a whole lot of credit because it is kind of just a clone of another style game, but it has Nintendo's twist on it. It is a little lacking being a launch Game Boy title, and, and I'm sure that the development was probably a little rushed for this. Uh, but we can also talk a little bit more about that as we get into the development of the game. But as for now, we will move on to game discussion, which leads us to... Uh, the game overview first. So, Alleyway was released uh, as a launch title for the Game Boy. Uh, so it released in Japan on April 21st of 1989. Uh, released in North America on July 31st of 1989. And lastly, uh, Europe would get this game on September 28th of 1990, uh, quite a bit later, you know, over a whole year later uh, than everyone else. Um, this, as I mentioned, this game did release on the 3DS eShop as a uh, virtual console download. Um, so you could play it there if you wanted to. Although, by the time that you guys are hearing this, the eShop is already on its way down, so... 
Uh, if you want to purchase this game, you're going to have to, you know, figure out a way to add credit to the eShop in order to do so. Kind of untimely this episode is, I guess. Uh, but yes, Alleyway is a ball and paddle style arcade game, very similar to Breakout, as I mentioned, and uh, somewhat similar to Arkanoid. I mean, it's probably more similar to Arkanoid even. Um, but as in, it's a brick-breaking style game. These were really popular in the arcades. They were also really popular in like the early days of cell phones even. like I remember my old Nokia... Uh, I don't even remember what they're called now, what model it was, but you know, one of the original Nokia phones, like the candy bar style phones, uh, like the Brick, um, had a version of Brick Breaker on it that I would play all the time. Uh, so yeah, similar to the, similar to those games. And as mentioned, it's the launch title for the Game Boy 1989 for Japan and North America. Uh, this would launch alongside games like Super Mario Land, Baseball, and Tetris. Uh, I do own baseball, but I did not own it as a kid. So I do have the full uh, Game Boy <laughs> launch uh, title collection. Uh, but yeah, Alleyway is... It's kind of funny that the, whenever the game originally released, the uh, original box art and the art that's on the cartridge itself actually showcased like a uh, just a random astronaut-looking guy inside the paddle uh, piloting it. And then that would later be changed to show Mario as the pilot of the paddle. Even though you don't ever see him in the game because the paddle is like super tiny and you don't see the pilot of the paddle during the gameplay. But yeah, so this this game would have been one of the first titles that Nintendo R&D development team worked on alongside Tetris and Radar Mission, which are also two very good games. Very early Game Boy games. Um, Tetris would have some issues uh, when it originally launched uh, due to uh, licensing. Uh, it was held up in court for a while, so that would be a later one. Um, this game is uh, Alleyways. Uh, design was uh, good enough to make its way into another game, uh, which would be uh, Kirby's Block Ball, uh, which apparently Gunpei Yokoi would reuse a lot of Alleyway's uh, source code to help uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's team create that game, which is something I did not know until recently. I knew they played similarly, but I did not know that the source code was pretty pretty much spot on. Um, and uh, Alleyway would also, at some point in the 90s, be available for the Nintendo Power Cartridge, which, for those who are not familiar with that, um, it, it's, it was a Japanese-only service, so there's a lot of people that aren't familiar with it. Um, but it's a basically flash carts that you could buy that were Game Boy or Famicom, or Super Famicom, sorry, uh, that you could take and you could download games onto, at a lower cost so and, and you could a lot of times download multiple games like there was uh multiple slots for games on these cards that had a little bit more memory than a than a standard uh game boy card or a super nintendo card uh but it was it was definitely a neat service and like i guess just never really thought to or that it would catch on in the u.s i'm not really sure the the history behind why we did never why we never received that service but it's a neat service it definitely would have been something cool to go to like your grocery store or a walgreens or you know something of that nature and have a station where you could plug in a you know your own little flash card that you bought from nintendo 
and download all the games that you wanted on there and you know at a fraction of the cost of what it would cost to buy the cart every time so it's almost like a rental maybe maybe even game rentals are what kind of you know stop this from being brought over to the u.s but that's that could be a whole nother topic i could probably do a whole nother show on the nintendo power cartridge uh, program but that's that's pretty much the development uh game discussion side of this um I couldn't really find anything else that was very interesting about it. And I usually would move on to the story now, but this is also a game that doesn't really have a story. You're, you're basically just breaking blocks. It's an arcade game. You know, I'm sure somebody out there has wrote a crazy fan fiction game story for alleyway. Like they do everything else, but there's no official story from Nintendo about why Mario is in a paddle or breaking bricks for that matter or you know any of those things why why are the bricks in various shapes no one cares there's no story So with that being said, we'll go ahead and move on to the gameplay, which is very interesting and, the, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk a little bit about this game, because as I started to do some research to understand how the game works, you know, after all the, the years of playing it and playing just Brick Breakers in general, um, it was kind of neat to get some of the insight on how how these work and like how the ball moves and all, all these things. So we're going to hop into that for a little bit. So, as mentioned before, this game is very similar to Breakout, so the objective of the game is to eliminate the blocks at the top of the screen using a ball and a paddle, um, while trying not to let the ball fall below the paddle. So if you let the ball go down below your paddle, you basically lose a life, or a, you know, what they call a paddle. Um, so at the start of each level, you'll have five paddles, or lives, um, and you'll have the ability to gain additional paddles, uh, for each thousand points that you accumulate while playing the game, I think you can go up to was it ten thousand points, uh, earning new paddles. But you can only have nine lives at a time. I think there's a limit there. Um, and this, I mean, this is kind of like you have to use those right then and there because this game has no save feature, so you cannot like stop anywhere during the you know the time you're playing and then pick it back up later and start back where you left off. So you're, you're very limited to what, you know, you got to have time to sit down and play this if you're going to play it all the way through. That is for the original Game Boy cartridge. Uh, a save feature would later be added to the 3DS version that you can buy on virtual console, which is very handy. <laughs> Cause if you, if you want to like take this a little bit at a time, or if you get frustrated on a particular level, you can actually put it down and not just have to leave your Game Boy on, which I would not recommend for long periods of time because the Game Boy does not have that great of battery life using AA batteries. Uh, so yes, if you're going to play this and you don't have time, definitely get the 3DS version. It's a little bit easier to, uh, to deal with that. Um, to the ball behavior, like this was what I thought was very interesting. So... The ball only has the ability to travel at 15, 30, or 45 degree angles. <clears throat> if the ball hits a brick, 
The brick disappears and the ball ricochets in a different direction at the same angle. The ball's speed depends on the type of brick that it hits. Um, gray and black bricks increase its speed while white and square indestructible blocks have no effect. Um, a sound effect is also played when the ball collides with an object or a wall. Uh, with walls producing the lowest pitch and black bricks producing the highest pitch. So th that's what I did not understand when I was playing that I didn't understand how the ball would accumulate more speed um, and also did not know that there were only certain trajectories that the ball could travel at. So that's that's very neat. Like, I don't know. For me, I like that kind of knowing that kind of stuff. So I thought that was interesting. And I, and I did find all this on Wikipedia. So take that with a grain of salt. But it all seems to make sense. So... Um, I also did not know that the, you know, the gray and the black bricks would increase the speed. Um, I just didn't know if the, the ball increased speed on its own after a certain period of time, because a lot of times you're not really that focused on what blocks you're hitting at certain times. So it definitely made sense to go back and read that. Um, as with that, the ball's direction and speed can be controlled by the paddle's velocity and point of contact. So changing the direction uh, the moment the ball comes in contact with the paddle is called a snap technique and will bounce the ball upward with increased speed. Moving the paddle quickly across the opposite direction than the ball is headed will result in the ball bouncing in the same horizontal direction as a paddle at a 15 degree angle. So... <clears throat> Basically, depending on where the ball contacts the paddle and which direction the paddle is moving, and also the speed of the paddle will cause the ball to move in different angles, which is pretty neat as well. There's probably some strategy to that that goes beyond what I'm capable of playing a brick brick or two. Um, also, if the player contacts the ball with the body of the paddle before it falls into the pit below, it will bounce back into the playing field. However, uh, if instead either the corner of the paddle collides with the ball at that moment, it will be knocked directly into the pit. So it's a very risky move to try to to try to pull off because if you don't get it just right, you're going to end up forcing the ball into the pit instead of retrieving it. Um, which I also found pretty cool uh, that they would add that in. Um, alleyways ball ball cannot be locked into an infinite loop of ricochets. Um, just part of by designs whenever the ball uh, starts to loop between objects such as the ceiling or indestructible blocks uh, Its velocity will change at a random point after the second cycle on its next collision As a result the ball will travel at a slightly raised or lowered angle depending on its current trajectory and will break out of the loop so you can't just get it into a continually breaking cycle on the the bricks themselves up top um, that's something that is pretty popular to do in early arcade brick breakers was to just find the way to get it into a continual infinite loop and eventually break all the bricks up top. Uh, that's something that Nintendo uh, changed with alleyway that you know after a few contacts the ball will change directory on its own and it will eventually break that loop so that it will not continue to do that. So definitely some very cool things going on with the game's physics. Um, that I thought was very interesting and definitely wanted to share for anyone who loves Brick Breakers or Alleyway in general. Uh, it's a very neat, neat game and uh, 
just the stuff that's going on in the background is very interesting. Um, so this game features 24 regular stages. Um, after every three stages, uh, regular stages, you'll play a bonus stage, which brings the total up to 32 stages. Um, the player progresses to the next level once all bricks are destroyed, um, where the same pattern of bricks appears but behaves differently. Uh, on the second stage, you get a scrolling block screen uh, featuring bricks that move from left to right. On the third stage, you'll get advancing block screen where the bricks move downward. Uh, the height of one regular brick and short bursts increasing in speed as the ball bounces off the paddle. So they kind of like come at you faster the faster you get the ball going. And then now we get to the the Mario part of Alleyway. <laughs> Probably why he was included in the artwork later. Uh, the bonus stages. Uh, they feature various patterns uh, that look like NES Super Mario Brothers sprites. Uh, such as Piranha Plant or Goomba. I think there's Bullet Bill and some other uh, just various Super Mario Bros. characters. Uh, and unlike the regular levels, the ball will destroy the blocks in these stages without ricocheting off of them. And the contact with the ceiling will not affect the paddle size. Uh, these stages are the only ones to feature uh, background music during play and can also, also cannot be paused. So if you're in a bonus stage, you're in the bonus stage until it's done. You don't have any way to pause that. Um, after finishing the final bonus round, the player is given a con congratulations screen using a Mario graphic from the original Mario Brothers game, and then the game loops, loops back again to the first stage, allowing for infinite play, which, pretty much like every arcade game, it just goes back and play again. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's Alleyway in a nutshell, like, the Mario sprites are very cool, like, um, I remember the first time that I got to the bonus stage and I, I thought it was really neat because it, you know, there's Mario all of a sudden. Um, and there's, again, that's the really the tie-in for this game as Mario and I'm sure that it was something that R&D1 wanted to include uh, since this was a launch title of the Game Boy Mario was a big deal and they're, you know, trying to push this game. So it was definitely something neat to come across if you uh, didn't know beforehand that it was going to be there. So... Yeah, that's Alleyway. It's a very simple game, but it's a very fun game, and Brick Breakers can be very addictive to anyone that uh, knows anything about them. Uh, I definitely played this game a whole lot as a kid. Like I said, I don't know if I made it very far because you have to play it continuously without saving, uh, but I definitely know I played it a bunch in between that and Tetris um, and even Super Mario Land. I had all three games um, pretty early, played a bunch of them. And I've already talked about um, Super Mario Land on the show before. So if you're interested in hearing my take on Super Mario Land, I think that was the very first microsode that I did. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's Alleyway. So, um, I don't think... I really have anything planned to announce for the next microsode. I usually kind of do these off the cuff. In fact, I haven't done one in a while. That's why I kind of wanted to get this out. And Alleyway was just kind of a perfect game. It was something that was on my mind, something I was thinking about, um, something I still go back and play periodically on my Game Boy 
because it kind of hangs out with my Game Boy. So, so yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what kind of Game Boy games I I have uh, that I'm ready to talk about. I've got a bunch of Game Boy games, but there's some of them that I need to go back and replay before I even try to think about talking about. Um, but they're definitely on the list. Um, eventually, I'll probably get through all of my my Game Boy collection uh, in this manner, unless they're like a link to the past or a, not link to the past, Link's Awakening, or larger Game Boy games that would require a full episode to talk about, and probably bring some friends along to talk about those. So uh, that's basically it. Um, thanks for listening to this microsode of On Topic Retro. Uh, we're part of a Retrologic family of podcasts, uh, which is also part of the Nintendo Dad's umbrella of podcasts. So kind of like a double whammy there. If you would like to just send in any you know any kind of experiences uh, from any of the games that I've talked about or um, experiences, you know, just how you feel about the show is fine as well. But you can send any of your comments or. Uh, uh, suggestions or anything to ontopicretro at gmail.com um, I normally hand that out for people to give me their experiences on uh, full episodes uh, for anyone that doesn't have discord but if you want to join our discord and not have to use the email address you're more than welcome to do that as well um, that's the Retrologic discord it's a wonderful non-toxic community of game players just like you and you can visit retrologic.games for details on how to join there. There's a link that you can join for free. We don't don't require any kind of uh, Patreon paywall or anything. You can just hop in and start talking about games. Uh, that's it for this microsode. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned a little bit about Alleyway. I know that I did doing some of the, the homework for this. Um, and just stay tuned for more. There's always going to be more shows. I'm try to keep this thing running as long as I can. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye now.